Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. But, uh, you know, as I was looking at, at the story again, reading the story of Jesus and, and the whole story of Good Friday and really what happened, it was a crazy sort of turn of events for the disciples and for all of those people that had followed Jesus. Jesus had had this incredibly successful ministry or so what it looked like in their eyes up to this point. In the natural, it was Good Friday in the natural was really a day if you didn't understand what was going on, if you were just rolling with Jesus and just hanging with Him, it was a day that just didn't make any sense. It was a day where almost all of their expectations and everything that they had been excited about, everything that, that, that they had seen Jesus do and the momentum, if you like, that had been building across the years of His ministry, it's almost like if you looked at it in the natural, you would look at Good Friday and it just... It, it just wouldn't have made sense. The fact that, that Jesus, who they saw as the Son of God, as a miracle worker, as the one who had come to, 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 to set them free from, from Roman rule, to, to, to set His people free, to be the redemption of the world. And then all of a sudden now, at the start of Good Friday, now He's being falsely accused. And of, of course, we know goes, He gets beaten and then hangs on a cross. And as I started to look at it and think of it in that context of the context of those people that were around Jesus trying to really work out what is going on. It actually made, as Pastor Jensen was sharing the other week about Peter, it made no sense to Peter so much so that Peter in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that's when he pulled out his sword and it was almost like the situation had gotten so crazy. Peter's like, well, someone's got to do something. This shouldn't be happening. That's when he lashed out and the disciples split and everything just turns into absolute mayhem. And really, I began to sort of think about the cross and, and what we sing about. And I thought, if you didn't grow up in church and you came in and you heard people singing about the blood of Jesus, come on, let's be honest. I think sometimes we forget how weird it really is. Do you know what I mean? Like if you don't grow up in church, if you don't, if you just walk in and you just hear them talking about Jesus and, and His blood and it just, it, the whole scenario just really doesn't make sense. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness to those who don't understand it. It seems crazy. But then it says, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, the blood doesn't make sense until you walk in its power. If you've experienced the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, then this whole thing starts to make absolute perfect sense. Because we see it as not just this crazy moment in history, but you see it as actually a price that was being paid for us. And I want to show you just real quickly, as you look through this whole, whole day of Good Friday, how it appeared in the natural, if you were to look at it, it looked like in a sense, God almost lost a grip on things a little bit. 
You know, because we measure God's hand being on something by how much success that thing has, don't we? If someone's, if something's successful, we think, well, God's hand's on it. And so, but what I want to show you is sometimes God's hand can be on something and things can be going bad, but God's still got His hand on it. And it's in the bad things that God is actually doing a work. This was a moment where things like, looked like they were going horribly wrong, but God was about to do His greatest work. If you met, if you look at the day I was looking at, at Good Friday, it says, and, and there's all different, different things in it in regard to how the Jews and the Romans actually actually measured time and how they calculated time. But in our interpretation, Good Friday, the trial of Jesus before Herod, before he went to Pilate, actually began at 6am. And if you count through the hours and you go through every single thing that happened to Jesus, you can actually track it. And it's actually a 10 hour process. Right the way through from the start of the sixth hour, all the way through to the very end or the, really the beginning of the fourth hour when they finally took Jesus down off the cross. It's a 10, it's a 10 hour journey where He went through the process of being falsely accused and beaten and the crown of thorns and, and, and the conversation that He had with the, with, the, with the other criminals either side of Him and, and the soldiers gambling for His clothes. It's His 10, 10 hour process. And I began looking at the number 10. The Bible, you know that numbers are powerful in the Bible. And they always represent something. Number 10 is actually the numbers, number for completeness and perfection. It's the number for completeness. It says it's the number along with the number 3, 7 and 12. It's the number for wholeness. If you look and you study numbers, actual numbers and numerology, people will say that that. The numbers from 1 to 10 are actually the foundation of where we get every other number from. If you want to teach a child how to count from 1 to 100, what do you first do? You don't have to teach him how to count all the way from 1 to 100. You just need to teach him how to count from 1 to 10. Because if they can have 1 to 10 as a foundation, then from that foundation is built everything else. It shows you how powerful those 10 hours were. See, it was those 10 hours that are the foundation of our Christian faith. They are the foundation of what we believe. If you have church or you have a service, but you don't have a revelation of the cross, then you don't really have anything. It's powerful if you begin looking at it. And the more you look at it, the more you'll see it actually. Other interpretations mean it's perfection or divine order. That even though these 10 hours were horrific and it was really a horrific time in the natural, God still had His hand on everything that was happening. God still was guiding everything. In fact, when we look at it, it as, as, as crazy as it seems in the, in the natural, the cross was actually perfection at its greatest. 
It was the perfected work of Jesus Christ. Every single thing He was doing, He was actually perfecting the greatest weapon that we will have as Christians and that's the weapon of the blood of Jesus Christ. It was His perfect, it was, the cross was God's masterpiece. It was where He prepared His greatest work. It was, it, was, it was from that that He was about to set up the foundation by which He was gonna set mankind free. It, it was from that not one single drop was wasted. If you've ever been sick and you've ever prayed, then you know something of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You will know that in the natural, if someone was to look at Jesus being whipped, it wouldn't have made sense. As these Romans began to whip his, his, his naked body and tear the flesh from his back, it didn't make any sense. But how many know when we get sick and we can look at the Word and it says, by His stripes, we are healed. That's where the stripes of Jesus starts to make sense because it's because of those stripes I can pull down a healing from heaven and say, God, I thank You for the stripes that You bore on Your back for me. Is how the cross, the cross starts to, the deeper in, the more, the more sense it starts to make. If you've ever battled depression in your mind, or you've ever struggled with anxiety, that's where the crown of thorns will start to make sense to you. Because in that moment, you'll remember the blood as the blood came out of His head as they push those thorns down on His head, it'll start to make sense And because it's in that moment that you can, as you remember that, you can say, Lord, I plead that same blood that was shed out of His head through those thorns. I plead that same blood over my mind and I put the blood of Jesus over these thoughts. You see how not one single thing that happened was wasted. God had His hand on it. Do you know how powerful these 10 hours were? If you start to look through the significance of the number 10 throughout the Bible, it shows you God knew exactly what He was doing. Do you know that in the Old Testament, and I went through, I don't have time to to go through all of them, but there are 10 occasions in the Old Testament that someone uttered the words to God, I have sinned. Ten times it happened. Pharaoh said it in Exodus 9, 27. Achan said it in Joshua 7, 20. Samuel, Saul said it in 1 Samuel 15, 24. David, Shimei said it. Balaam said it. Ezekiel said it. Job said it. Micah said it. Nehemiah said it. Ten times in the Old Testament, they said, I have sinned. It shows you how significant and how powerful these 10 hours were and how in control God really was. Do you know that there are 10 parables that Jesus refers to when He's talking about the Kingdom of God? It's in Matthew chapter 13, chapter 22 and chapter 25. He refers to the Kingdom of God as being a hidden treasure, a pearl of great price the household treasure, the yeast, the mustard seed, the sprouting seed, the, fish, the fisherman's net. In Matthew 22, he refers to it as the wedding banquet. Banquet In Matthew 25, the parable of the 10 virgins. And again in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. 
10 different parables that he says the kingdom of God is like this. In Deuteronomy, we're told that when we give a tithe, we are to give how much? 10%. When people ask you, why do you give 10%? You need to say, you know what? I give 1% for every single hour that Jesus endured on the cross. 10 is it's powerful. I can give you example after example of the power of the number 10 all throughout the Bible. In Genesis 1, the phrase God said, when He created the earth, He said that phrase, God said, He said that 10 times. There's example after example. Why am I going into this? Because I think what this does is this speaks to us of how powerful these 10 hours were. That nothing was left to waste. That not one drop of His blood was wasted. That not one beating was wasted. It was all part of a perfect plan. And that plan was to redeem you and I. He set it up. His hand was on it. His divine hand was on it, guiding and orchestrating everything. What did Jesus say in the garden? He said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus released God to do what He wanted to do in that situation. And as we just remember this cross today and as we remember this blood, I want us to, and really, again, I want to go back to what I said at the very start. I want us to celebrate that this was not, this was not a moment where God sort of messed it up and had to try and fix it on Sunday. This wasn't a moment where things just got super crazy and God had to try and make it better. God knew what He was doing every single step of the way. And He did it. He planned it all. He orchestrated it all. He put it all together for you and I so that we could walk in the power of the blood of Jesus. And what I want to do right now is if you've got your communion cups as you're going through the door, if you could get those. If you didn't get a communion, just raise your hand and the ushers will come get one to you. And once you've got your communion ready, if you could all stand to your feet. And let's just, we're going to prepare to take this and I'm just going to pray. And once I pray, we're going to go into this, this worship song. And then I want to ask you if you would partake of the communion at your own at your own time throughout this worship song and and we're going to remember that cross of Jesus and the blood that was shed and the body that was broken but let me just pray real quickly Lord God we thank you God as we remember Good Friday God we thank you for your blood God we thank you for your body God we thank you that you are in control that you're in control of our lives that you're guiding and ordering our steps And God, I thank you for your hand upon us. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you honour in your awesome name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.